All right, guys, in today's podcast, we're going to talk about pressure testing, the importance of pressure testing your self-defense techniques. Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. Podcast. We're dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now, let's join our hosts, Brian and Jada. So when it comes to pressure testing, what do you think is like most important? Or what do you think is most important about pressure testing your techniques? Why is this even important? Well, I think so many techniques sound good in theory. Um, we like the idea of something being easy. We like the idea of something that's just that just works and or overly complicated. There are some overly complicated ones. Um, but we like that idea of either we know something that other people don't know or we like the idea of, well, this is quick and easy and it gets me out every time. <coughs> Grunt kick. <coughs> Anyway, um, we'll talk about that later. That's a, that's a, that's a whole podcast. <laughs> that's a whole podcast. All right. But pressure testing puts you in more of a realistic standpoint of whenever you're doing a technique, you have to, you're forced to actually see whether it's going to help you or not. And some people are scared of pressure testing because they don't want to believe that that technique that they learned 20 years ago when they were a yellow belt and been practicing it ever since, you know. They don't want to learn that that's wrong. And, well, not necessarily wrong, but it just doesn't work the way they were taught or doesn't work, period. Um, so pressure testing is just gives you more confidence that either either gives you more confidence or gives you less confidence. Yeah. Because you find out whether you what you, point. yeah, you find out whether what you know works or whether it doesn't. And that's how you tell the difference between real martial arts and, you know, McDojo's. <laughs> but that's how you tell the difference between real martial arts and McDojo's. Like, because if they pressure test, then you can more see that what they teach would actually work. If yeah. they don't pressure test, then what they teach might work. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I think I've said this before, but I do... Uh, I don't think I said it on here. I thank God that the the guy I started with was the person I started with. You know, it was kind of like everybody else. You know, it was like I I grew up loving the idea of martial arts, and I just kind of ended up in a school just because it happened to be convenient. You know, um, I didn't start it until I was a very young adult, and then when I did, I started it because it was like five minutes away from my work, and uh, and. The downside of this is I made certain assumptions because he was my first real uh, experience in the martial arts. I go in, you know, we're learning stuff and then we teach some self-defense. And then as you are learning the self-defense, then you learn more and more like um, when somebody's actually resisting. And he, will, he would have us resist our partners. As you would get it better, you start adding the resistance, adding the resistance, adding the resistance. That was the way he taught. And I made an assumption that basically everybody taught that way. My second instructor was um, in combat camp. My first, that's Kyokushin. Still, uh, when it comes to traditional martial arts, that's, that's my love, Kyokushin. Um, but moving into... Next, I did combat Kempo with a guy, and, and he had the same kind of mentality. It wasn't until much later that I realized what he was teaching as combat Kempo was nothing like anything combat Kempo or Kempo related or anything. It looked more like what a lot of people think of as Krav Maga. Um, 
And, and I didn't realize that was kind of not the norm either. So I kind of got spoiled in my first two instructors until I started going out and training with some other guys and really kind of learned that, oh, that's not actually normal <laughs> for people to actually want to know that what you're teaching is correct. Why do you think, I have my own answer for this, but why do you think that uh, most, that probably most traditional martial arts out there don't pressure test their techniques? I don't know. I think everything has become so centered around sports, like the sport aspect of a lot of martial arts, but also. Now, I, I would almost say that would be an argument for some pressure testing because, you know, you have like um, if we're sparring, even point style sparring, which I'm not a huge fan of. But even if you're like sparring point style sparring, you have to spar other people point style, which is kind of a pressure testing in its own. So. But now if you think about like all the moves a lot of traditional martial arts make their moves look like they do in kata, and kata is not... Or forms if you're a different style. Yeah, we call it kata. But so many of the traditional martial arts have turned to making everything look like it does in kata, and that's just not realistic. Yeah. No, because whenever I'm defending myself, I'm definitely not going to go into like the deep stances that I would for kata. It just doesn't work. So <clears throat> I think that's one problem with it is it's become so much like kata. And then also, I guess it's just the importance of pressure testing was engraved into our minds, but it's not engraved into everybody's minds. They, they, it, it it's like a lot of other things. If a lot of people will believe something even though they don't know the why. Like if they don't, even if they don't know why you would do something this way, they just do it. Like they take it at its word. It's like learning how to do a math problem a certain way, but not being taught how that works or why it works. Cause you can do a different formula to try and get an answer to a problem and you can get the same answer that way every time, but it might not be the right answer depending yeah. on the way you were taught to do it. And it's the same way with martial arts. Like people are just taught the wrong formula. I, I really think it comes down to mainly two things, at least from my sight and these things. And this is number one, and you kind of touched on that, you're just not trained to do it. A lot of people just aren't trained to actually um, pressure test their techniques. And another, it, we're going, let's go higher up the charts, instructors, uh, and then they're, you know, the master instructors and whatever they want to call themselves. Um, a lot of them, I think, reach this level of, you know, you kind of come into a traditional martial arts class. You stand at the end of the line. You know, you got your little white belt. You're looking up there all the way on the other end where all the black belts stand and everything. You're trying to want to move up into that rank and everything. And once, you, once you've worked to do all that, then I think your ego, a lot of people, their ego becomes so insulated, they're then afraid to break that ego because they made it up to the front of the line or they made it up to the front of the room and now they're in this situation they go okay i have got to be the baddest person in the room right now and if i allow a crack in the facade uh you know the people are going to not take me as seriously so they can't see me fail so therefore we can't pressure test what i'm going to teach and you just have to take me at my word so i think it's this whole thing was like they've lifted themselves up to this like godlike persona and it 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 
you know, that's the way they want to keep this. And I have seen adult students act that way toward their adult instructors. And I think it's absolutely ludicrous. I, you know, you, you want to have that Superman syndrome. Um, there's a guy, he's a little older than me, and we were talking one time, and he was, I don't know, he's, he's actually probably 40 or a little better at the time. Maybe mid-40s. And he was standing there and talking about his instructor, and he's like, oh, man, I would like to see, you know, him do such, I'm trying not to, to edit those, all those things out. <laughs> I would like to see him take on some, you know, this person. And I'm like, dude, he would get destroyed. He's like a 60-year-old man. A small 60-year-old man. He would get destroyed. And it's just, you know, it's that whole thing. Let's have some common sense. Yeah, that ego is a big thing because it's just like that high school mindset of once you get to senior, it's like try <laughs> getting a senior to go back to like a freshman class. <laughs> like it's just not going to happen. They're be like, I'm at the top of the game now. It's like, I ain't going back. And then, you know, that culture shock hits when they get to college and then they're a college freshman. Yeah. But <clears throat> it's the same mindset as martial arts. You either have people who want to be superheroes, people who want uh, like money from teaching or people who genuinely want to know. Yeah. And in a lot of schools, the people who ask why, it's like, wait, how does this work? It's like, but like, what if they're actually moving and not just standing there like a dummy? You know, then they get shamed for questioning the teacher. It's like, how dare you question years and years and years of experience? But here's the thing, years and years of bad experience <laughs> is still bad technique. Yeah. Absolutely. And we need to stop being, stop being afraid to question the why. And if your instructor won't give you an answer, look for it yourself. You might find that it works. You might find that there's a reason he didn't want to answer. True. So I, I was, I go back to the fact that I was kind of, I was blessed because I have that personality. I have the personality that kind of pushes against um, authority to an extent. I mean, you know, respectful. You have to be respectful when you're doing this. And I've learned that the hard way. But I've always been that why person. I want to know why we do certain things. Um, my very first job, it took them a while to really like me because every time they said, this is what you're going to do, I said, why? And it's not, I'm not trying to be disrespectful in those moments. I'm just trying to understand. And so a lot of the traditional martial arts guys, I have not gotten along with very well. They didn't like me a whole lot because I would go, why? Why do we do a technique this way? And then eventually I got to the point where I was like, you know what? Okay, that's cool. I'm going to learn this and do it the best I possibly can. And then I was uh, lucky enough to also have a brother who had a lot of the same mindset. And we didn't mind throwing the pad zone and kind of like start working these things out and seeing will it actually work, you know? Yeah, well, that's, I think that's the reason why... Uh, no matter what style you go to, you really like Kyokushin, and I think that's partially because of just the very beginning of that form, just the way Masayama went about it, like the reason behind it and the meaning behind Kyokushin's name, which you were better about telling that story, you're better at telling that story than I am, but it just has a good foundation of what works. And not to say that it hasn't strayed along the way, like, you know, but the very beginning of it, it just had such a good start. Yeah, yeah. I, I cannot, in all honesty, 
I think the biggest thing is you need to find a really good instructor in this because I don't think you can go find a style anymore at this point. No, in, it's not about the style. Anything. You can't go and find a style that is going to teach you uh, legitimate martial arts and, well, let's say legitimate self-defense. Um, because the thing is, I've trained with a lot of Kyokushin guys. I kind of come out of a Kyokushin thing. And I have almost no affiliation with any of them at this point in time, minus my instructor and a couple of guys that I still talk to, because it's like every other martial art. It has regressed down to the sport. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I did MMA for a while. I love uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It's a lot of fun. And yes, there's this built-in pressure testing. There's this built-in pressure testing to Kyokushin because Kyokushin cares more about fighting than anything else. And there's this whole built-in pressure testing to, to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and it's the sparring. And you basically, in most places, you spar and roll every single class. And that's awesome because it's, it does have built-in pressure testing. But the problem is, if you're looking at that only for self-defense, in 95% of schools, as we get to that point, it's like, okay, we sit down, we start on our knees, we give each other five and we go, and there's never any striking. There's, you know, you don't ever hardly do takedowns. There's all this other stuff, you know, that's just, you're not relying to if on. Someone has a weapon. Yeah, not to mention that. Um, now, they have great limb control, and like I said, I've, I've gotten a lot from uh, training in BJJ, but it's like if you take any one style, and just go and say, oh, okay, well, this is the one thing I'm going to go for. And including Krav Maga. Everybody wants to talk about Krav Maga and how awesome Krav Maga is. I've trained with some Krav guys. And to be honest with you, I would take some of the other guys I've trained with as far as reality over Krav almost any day of the week. And not saying as a whole it's not good. I think a lot of them as a whole are good, but the problem is it's going to boil down to the instructor. And the instructors that I train with in Krav, not that great. <laughs> Like, if your goal in getting into martial arts is to just learn it for the martial art, that's one thing. But if your goal is to come to learn to defend yourself or to get stronger, to know all of that, you, you really need to know more than one. Yeah. Or you need to get experience in more than one. And then you've really got to take it on yourself to find what works. Because most of the time you're not going to find someone else who can tell you. You've got to have that mindset of, okay, I'm going to pressure test. I'm going to see if it works. I'm going to let someone run at me with this fake knife, and I'm going to see if what this person taught me works, and if it doesn't, I'm going to throw it out the window or find a way to adjust it to make it work. And if it doesn't work fast enough or isn't, uh, it isn't reliable enough, I'm going to throw it out the window then. Yeah. So, okay, so we talked about pressure testing and, and everything and the importance of it, but now we need to shift a little bit and talk about like, how do we do it? So the best kind of methods for pressure testing, if you're trying to, if you want to pressure test a technique, you don't need to learn a technique and then immediately go from zero to a hundred. Okay, that is irresponsible, to be honest with you. Um, what you need to do is like slowly build up the resistance. So if Jada and I are here and we are working on a particular block or anything, it doesn't matter. Let's, let's just a block encounter. Okay, we start out really slow. I might swing and she blocks and then she moves forward with a strike or something. You know, talk about something super simple. Um, and then 
The thing is, not only does it work, but does it work for you? And can you do it? So I think that's the important thing because with the, I've trained with guys who've done martial arts for, you know, 60 years. And, you know, when, they, when you work one particular technique for 60 years, I think the wrist lock takedown is a bunch of bull crap, personally. But I've trained with some guys that I believe that might could actually pull that off, okay? Uh, <laughs> and it's just one of those things where, you know, when you work on that one technique for 50 or 60 years, you actually might have a chance of really pulling that off. Um, and I know I'm, we might get some hate for me saying that in particular, but it's just the truth. I just, I don't like it. It doesn't work for me. I'm not saying it can't work for somebody else. That's cool. But I'm going to stick with what works for me the best and what also, as an instructor, what I can teach others to make work for them the best uh, well, in the quickest way possible. Yeah, and even if you just look at you and me, like, we're very different. I'm very small, like, and I'm not going to have as much of our body strength as you. So some of the things that work for you might not yeah. work for me. And so whenever you teach me something, I have to, I guess, take it with a grain of salt and then figure out how to make it work for me or come up with an alternative that does work for me. Yeah. Like for me, I'm, I might not have that upper body strength, but I'm, I don't know how you would say this other than like slippery, but like <laughs> <laughs> I can usually wiggle out. I'm yeah. basically a karate weasel. Like <laughs> it just, I can usually get out of something and you might take more of a control and brute force kind of method. Whereas I might take a slip out and get away kind of method just because that's the safer option for me. Yeah. That's what I can more rely on. And even just to basic things like someone coming up and grabbing, like you would have a different approach than I would. Hmm because Absolutely. I've got to figure out what works. I have to be worried about carrying away, being carried away. You're not going to worry about that. You're not going to be as worried about that one as much. I have to worry about that. Someone trying to pick me up and carry me somewhere. But I have things that I can do that work for me better in that situation. He has things that work for him better in that situation. So everyone in the end, really, anybody in martial arts that pressure tests comes out knowing a completely different martial art than anybody else. Yeah. A couple things there, just out of that last little bit. Number one, making sure that we are slowly building up resistance to the pressure testing. Uh, that is just the responsible way of dealing with it. Uh, that way you know you have the technique first, and then you know you can do it under a pressure situation. Because if you try to pressure test it before you actually know how to fully do it, then it's not going to work. Yes. This is, this is why one of my favorite uh, sayings is don't do something until you get it right. Do it until you can't get it wrong, okay? And you just want to keep going, keep going, and keep going. And then once you've got it really, really good, then they, your partner starts applying pressure and pressure and pressure. Now, the other thing is this. If, if I'm talking to instructors for a moment, number one, what she said just a moment ago, uh, that she takes what I teach her with a grain of salt, don't be insulted by that. We are two very different body types. So in that situation, I need to understand that, uh, number one, everything I teach is not going to be applicable for every single person. And as an instructor, I also have to know and understand a larger variety of techniques because some things aren't going to work for me. She can do things that I cannot do and vice versa. Yeah, I can usually trust that if something isn't working for me, I can tell you, it's like, look, I've done it and I've done it the correct way and you can even watch me do it, but it's not gonna work for me. And then I can usually ask you, it's like, is there something else that might work better for me in this situation? And usually you'll give me that and that's what I'll work on instead of what's working for other people. 
And another thing out of that one that she was just talking about, if you don't know, be honest and say you don't know. But you know what? If you're an instructor at this point in time and you know, you know, several different ways of dealing with a situation and none of them are working for them, then at that point in time, you should have the depth of knowledge to kind of help them work out something that is going to work for them. So don't be offended. Don't get your ego so up in a wad. Uh, we can't rely on those types of things. What matters is if you're learning, what matters is your personal safety, not whether what this grandmaster taught you is legit or not. Get that crap out of your head and just focus on what actually works. And then if you're an instructor, again, same thing. Don't worry about what whoever grandmaster taught you. It doesn't matter. Okay, what you need to focus on is what actually works in a real situation and pass that knowledge along. But also know that you need to broaden, as an instructor, you need to broaden what works for, what will just work for you. We need to broaden that out to what will work for other people and other body types and strength levels and everything as well because that type of stuff needs to be thought through very well when you're trying to instruct people. If you've enjoyed this, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram. Uh, or visit our website. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Stay safe, stay alert, and train hard. Thank you for listening to the Impact Defense Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefensenc.com. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp. Stay focused and train hard.